planning is a way to waste time. Not that you ought not plan, but most people love to look like they're planning. And like we get away with it, like, oh, you know, we're still putting together that, that plan for next year, still putting that together. What a great way to waste time. Have you ever found yourself saying to yourself, there just isn't enough hours in the day? Then this conversation is for you. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-host and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Dan, Adrian, and I sit down to talk about time. I particularly love the distinction that Adrian makes about using time and utilizing time. The implications of that principle will open up so much possibility for you, I'm sure. Let's dive in. Dan, Adrian, how are you gentlemen? So good to be with you. Yeah, great to be here. I'm so glad we found the time to do this. Great to be here, always. It's really hard, man. I, I, I didn't even have any of the time. I don't even know why I'm here. Did you guys know that there's only 24 hours in the day? For mere mortals. <laughs> <laughs> this topic came up for me. We were just in training this last weekend. It was really fun. And one of the one of the executives that was in the Intrepid with us, we were talking about schedule and missing some commitments and you know, and she informed us that there were only twenty four hours in the day. And that was a fun moment, I thought, in the conversation. I was like, you know what? This is a fantastic conversation to have on the podcast because it's not an uncommon conversation amongst founders and leaders feeling like there's not enough time in the day to get everything done that they want to get done. So I wanted to ask each of you personally, is this something that you experiencing? Is this something that you experience in your own life? That like feeling like there's just not enough time to get done what you want to get done in a day or in general? Do I feel like that? Yes. Great. Great. So how do you relate to it? What's the conversation that goes on for you as you think about this? I know, I mean, we've had some conversations about this, but I would love to know how you relate to this conversation with yourself. Yeah, I can go first. Even I remember in that Intrepid, which is that leadership academy. And I remember, by the way, your response to that, you like died whenever it happened in the room. You were like, hold on, what? There's only 24 <laughs> hours in a day? You know, kind of making light of it, which I thought was great. So, yeah, well, I remember in the room when that came up, I was noting and we never got to the point or I never brought it back up after conversation had shifted. And the distinction for me is, am I using time or am I utilizing time? What's the difference for you? Well, people's complaint that there's only 24 hours a day looks like time as a resource and it's a limited resource. And so when things don't happen, I ran out of resource. My car ran out of gas. I would have gone farther, but the car ran out of gas, like that type of thing. They're orienting to it like it's a limited commodity. And even it's really popular to say, you know, the only thing that you don't get more of is time. Yeah. I don't know that that's true in the sense that every hour of the day is not equal. So am I utilizing time? That's a very different orientation. What am I using my minutes for? instead of focused on how little of it I have. Now that comes from a very, I don't know, keen sense for me that I'm responsible for everything. And if I'm responsible for everything, then 
then I'm asking myself, what am I using the time for? I'm incorporating the idea that I've got choice all along the way. And if I've got choice all along the way, then I better decide that that's important, number one, that that's a privilege, number one. Then I am naturally thrown into a conversation about priorities, like what's most important is the next conversation for me. If I do have X amount of time and then I'm called to utilize it, then I'm naturally called to prioritize what's most important and which is different than I want to do it all and then complain about what I don't have time for later because human beings naturally put off the important stuff until later. They do the urgent stuff now and they put off the important stuff till later and they complain that the important stuff didn't get done. That they never get to it, right? They never get to it because the important stuff is the most vulnerable stuff. So it's just natural. It's human being to like put off the important stuff that's got that would require courage. I'd rather just jump on the phone with Cindy and hear what she needs and jump on with Tom and see what he needs and then complain that Tom and Cindy messed up my day instead of, oh, no, no, this is what's most important for me and my role and my responsibilities and my commitment. I'm going to do this and I'm going to see what's needed from Tom and Cindy in a way that works with incorporated with my commitments. It's really interesting what we see as urgent as well. It's very telling. It's revealing what becomes urgent for us. And those are the things when we take care of the urgent over the important. Yeah. Well, people well, probably... Or, pick, or important. Yeah. It's kind of like Covey's, I like Covey's little thing. Important and urgent are distinct. Like something can be important and not urgent. And something can be important and urgent. Do, you, do I identify those things? But um, I'm with Adrian on the responsibility side. If I'm responsible, time occurs to me as... How do I fold time? How do I, and that comes out of relationship, like a purposeful relationship. You know, I think about that story about the workhorses that can pull 4,000 pounds and and you put two of them together and they can pull 16,000. And if the two actually work together over a period of time, they'll pull 24,000. And if they grew up together, they'll pull up to 60,000. And there's a number of examples in nature like that. So there's something that goes around relationship. There's a certain kind of relationship that harnesses. We become better together rather than apart, but we have to be like some nuances in that. It's not just get a group of people together. And now you're going to, it's like focused, purposeful. There's a type of relationship that emerges that is aligned with a future worth having the aim. Everybody's aiming at the same thing. So the hierarchy of concerns start to line up. So that, that happens in when you get relationship going and the right kind of relationship. And that takes, it takes time to get that. But when that starts to come into play, there's a synergistic effect that's exponential where two or three of us are all of a sudden producing what one of us, like six times what one of us could produce, that kind of thing. Yeah. When I think of Adrian, when I think about what you were talking about, this idea of, you know, it's a limited resource. Well, when we buy that or when, when that becomes the theme of how we set up our life, it becomes the perfect excuse not to show up. Like it becomes the perfect excuse not to engage in what's important, right? Because who can argue with not having enough time? There's only 24 hours. I mean, you and I both know that. You can't argue with that. So there's just not enough time to get everything done. So clearly I couldn't have kept my commitment to you. Instead of like, how can I get it all done? Yeah. Or how can I reframe the it? You know, there's so much, you know, I, there's a couple of themes. I don't know if it's even worth getting into, but, but I will, because why not? <laughs> we're here anyway. Well, I'm just thinking about specifically, 
with this team that we're talking about, they're a very nice culture. They're very nice. And they're busy being nice, which when it comes to delegation, they delegate naturally nice people. And when I mean nice, I mean diplomatic without being frank. I mean being supportive without holding the bar high. You end up doing a lot of people's work for them. And you're unwilling to have an edge in your requests. And you're unwilling to like leave stuff on somebody else's lap. So you end up, this affects time, obviously, because you train people to be dependent on you. And if you train people to be dependent on you, then of course, you're actually saying, oh, I'd like you to have more of my time. And meanwhile, we're complaining about the limited resource that we have, but we've actually set it up that way. So we set up dependencies in our schedule and then complain that our schedule's full. It's just such a double message. So my point is, yes, time is literally limited, but what we can do with it is unlimited. Right on. You know, so that's... That's the conversation I want to be in because I, I do get that I have little, even just for myself, I've got little slivers of time during the day. And if I am committed, I will utilize those slivers. If I'm not committed, I will not utilize them. Right on. Yeah. I think as we think about, I love this idea of how am I utilizing it or how am I multiplying it, right? What is possible in the time that I have? And we can literally multiply our time if we're willing to resource others, talents, commitment, all of other that people. sort of stuff. It's like other people. and yeah, It's relationship. And yeah, it's exactly right. It's relationship. And I don't use outsource, the word outsource on a, for a very specific reason. That being like, I think outsource indicates that you put it outside of your realm of paying attention or your realm of ownership. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about bringing people into ownership with you, enrolling them into the commitment that you have and getting clear on their commitment to it. And you can multiply your time by however many... I always think about you know people who... And I'll fall into this too. I'm not perfect. I'm just... This is my stuff too, is like falling into this story of I don't have enough time. And there's always somebody who is more is responsible for more than me or more than that person and i got to think well if there's living human beings who are more responsible or are responsible for more things more moving parts bigger companies more human beings and they've been able to resource their time and their relationships what's going on with me that has to be something with me does is does my point make sense like if somebody else can do accomplish more than I can with the time, they all have the same amount of time, then the responsibility falls on me to figure out how am I not utilizing my time in a way that allows me to multiply it, be powerful with it. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a philosopher named Martin Heidegger who wrote a book called Being in Time. And he kind of distinguishes man's relationship to time and how it impacts his being in the world. And he uses this term called Dasein, which means, you know, it sounds like design, but it's his name for human being. And in German, it means being there or being in the moment, like being there. And we have a tendency to relate to time rather than be here. We're thinking about where we're going or we get taken into different dimensions, which take us out of being able to recognize what's wanted and needed right in that moment. So our relationship to time has everything to do with the way we show up with one another. Like, if I don't think I have a lot of time left with you, I'm very different than if I think we've got forever, right? There's all these different relationships with time. So 
I know the work we do in the in the Revenant is about getting people to show up in the moment, just to see what catches up with them. That's just the first step. Like there's a an old syllogism we used to use, which is show up, take what comes up, and then practice committed communication. So whatever comes up, communicate it in a way that it's to create something that's worth that you want with other people, that you deem worth it, and that that's how we start to utilize the moment. Which is where time is. <laughs> the only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about The Change Imperative, an ebook written by our very own Dan Takini. Let me ask you how do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Growth, change, and transition, these intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative ebook. The Change Imperative is instructions for innovating with your team. Go ahead and click on the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Change Imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, committed communication. That makes sense. I think that's in line with what, what, what I'm trying to get to as well. The other quote from the famous philosopher John Lennon, what, what, did, what did he say? Like, life happens as we're waiting for something else. Life happens as we're waiting for the next thing. Anyway, he said something like that. I forget the exact quote now. But, but life happens as we're waiting. I know I'm, I'm tied into that. That's like, I'm in this, if, if I'm ever in like a meeting and I'm thinking about the next meeting, you know, so I'm not really here, which is, I think your point, which is practicing presence and, and essentially potency. I mean, how do we expand and multiply time? Well, it's potency, personal potency. I would notice if I'm listening to this, hello listener, I'm thinking about how much of my time do I wander into without intention? Like I've got a meeting. That's all I've got is I've got a meeting. I just know my body's going to be there. That's it. And I've settled for that level of engagement. Instead of saying, I'm about to invest 45 minutes of my time that I'll never get back. How do I get the most out of this? What are the most crucial conversations to have? And how do I make this count? That's a very proactive approach to it, right? I think most of us take recognition or take note of how we spent our time after it's already spent. Like, oh, shit, that was a waste of time. Or, oh, I really lollygagged through that last hour. I mean, there, you know, there could be moments when I'm, like you say, Adrian, not intentional for the next, I've got maybe 45 minutes between calls or something like that, not real intentional about what I want to ha make happen in that time. And I'll, I won't even know how I spend it. And at the end of it, I'm like, holy shit, that 45 minutes is already gone. That's usually when our, attention to how we spent it comes up. And what you're suggesting is that we actually pay attention to how we spend it ahead of time and get intentional that way. Well, you know, I just had a call with a client yesterday and she's been frustrated with not being able to get something done in the organization. And when I was listening to her, everybody's describing the problem quite well. They take a lot of time to describe the problem. And I just asked her, why don't you ask him this question? Why don't you make a request? She goes, what do you mean? And she said, well, this isn't getting done. So why don't you just ask him, by when will this get done? And she said, oh, well, 
I'm just nervous that he's going to say blah, blah, blah. I said, well, good. Then, then you know where that is. If that's you look how much time you're spending dancing around what you're afraid might come up rather than facing what comes up and see what's possible in that. Cause you don't know that that's going to come. And if you start making these powerful requests, it'll collapse time because it'll get to the heart of the issue. She got on the phone while we were talking. She started texting and getting results, just making requests in her text. And she got all excited. So she goes, I can't, I'll, I'll be, I'm looking forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks. I'm going to get this stuff done. And that was the end of the call. A lot of fun. Perfect example of we're not even aware of how we may be wasting time in our unwillingness to just ask for what we want and find out what the complexion of the relationships are that I'm asking into and then going from there. Yeah. Same, same over here. I had a call with converse, a conversation with a, a client today and she's looking to hire somebody, a big role in her company and there's breakdown in how it's going, the recruiting time. And when she's been trying to get clear with her person that's responsible for it, they said, well, she's, she's asking for results. Tell me the results over the next 30 days. What can I expect? 60 days, 90 days. What can I expect? And the answers were all TBDs, literally. And the answer was first, first month is kind of this orientation onboarding process. And, you know, I just said, how long does it take to orient somebody? I think that takes maybe an hour. I don't know why a month, but you said yes to that. You said you signed off. Your silence is a yes, that that's okay. And so she has wasted three weeks of a month signing on to something, an inauthentic yes. And this is all of a sudden she's wasted a month. No, she participated her way into, into the waste of a month. So it takes guts. It takes guts to utilize time. You can either, you know, there's a lot of pandering that goes on in team life. And we just, we're unwilling to talk about what's really needed. And we just pander. And like, we can even put in the category of us, like being a good teammate or being a good boss. Like we're nice back to that nice conversation. But it's like, it may be that distinction. Like, it, like what competes with potency? I know pandering competes with potency or being nice competes with potency. Um, avoiding competes with potency. You know, there's lots of things that really are, that we're choosing instead of the feeling like we're multiplying time. Kicking or the, the can down the road somehow and every time it's a big load on time because it's not only the time you didn't do it but it's the time in between that you've wasted before you actually get to the conversation and then take an action yeah well a lot of planning is a way to waste time not that you ought not plan but most people love to look like they're planning <laughs> you know and like we get away with it like oh you know we're still putting together that that plan for next year, still putting that together, still putting that together, still putting that together. And what a great way to waste time. Yeah. It's utilizing time when you're talking about is, is a risky, it's a vulnerable endeavor as well, right? Because part of it, I think, is that if we don't create the results we say we're committed to creating, right? We don't meet the benchmarks or the key results that we've identified that we're going to do and we didn't utilize time to its greatest, well, we can always blame time, right? Or we can always blame whatever it is that came up in that time. But if we actually utilize time, like we're really, really intentional about it and we don't meet the mark, like we don't hit the goal or, or get the result, then it's only us. Like <laughs> we're, the only, we're the only thing to, to look at for the result. What'd you say, Dan? Today, well, do you think today there's this thing called quiet quitting? And it's people, the definition is actually people who stay at work 
They're just wasting time. They're getting paid for it and they're not doing anything. And they're doing it on purpose because they don't want to quit. They want to keep making the money, but they do as little as they can at work. It's called quiet quitting, but you can make wasting time. It's also called a lot of things, by the way. It's called lying. It's called manipulating. It's called stealing. Yeah. Stealing. Yeah. Well, that's what's going on. And that's almost like people are okay with that because they, they don't want to be where they're at, but they don't know where they're going to go. So they just quietly quit. <laughs> that's a really nice, soft way of... I, when I heard the term, I was like, what? And then somebody, an HR person explained it to me. And I went, wow. Wow. That's a, it's, it's the victim's payback. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a racket in and of itself. That's interesting. So I, I'm... Um, By the way, hold on. Let me just yeah, say yeah. something real quick. By the way, if you're a boss and you're listening... If people are quietly quitting, it's on you. Yeah. Because if, if nobody's paying attention to somebody, then it's on you. It's a cultural issue. So don't even be a victim of them quietly quitting. If they quietly quit on your watch, it's on you. That's right. All the signs are there. The lack of results, the, the attitude, all of it. It's all there. You just have to get in the middle of it. That's always fun. That's where the great adventure is. Yeah, you probably see it and you've been unwilling to interrupt it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they if they are someone that would even quietly quit, there were signs of it early. I mean, right. you know, fully engaged people wouldn't even imagine quietly quitting. They would like quit <laughs> to your face. Yeah. So anyway, you've tolerated Broker. a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, I, I created a commitment with myself and haven't been perfect at it by any means. Earlier this year, I, commi- I created this commitment with myself is that time would never be the reason. Meaning time won't be the reason I don't get something done, don't keep a commitment. It will not be the reason that I choose not to take on a project or an invitation for a project or an assignment or anything like that. For me, it was born out of this idea of like intentional about focus and utilizing time, right? Because if if I just, Dan, if you make an invitation to me, hey, Chad, could you do this? And I just say, no, man, I just don't have the time. Then that closes off all possibility. And I don't have to think about how could I, how could I accomplish that? How could I take that on for our team? I may need to resource other people's time. I may need and to. It, res- it may not be the best, highest, best use of my time. So somebody that's right. else may be able to do it. That's right. That's right. Or my focus, right? Like I may be laser focused on this. So it's not my focus at the moment. But maybe, maybe you can take it or somebody else on the team can take it or vice versa like that. Right on. I just started noticing, I've run this racket for a long time, and I just started noticing all of the opportunities that I was missing out on because of of my relationship with time and that being the reason why I wasn't doing what I could for the team, for myself, for my family, name it, it shows up there. Yeah. Usually the conversation for me is if I don't have time for something, I really don't want to do it. Right. Right, And there's, there's a conversation I don't want to have with myself, either it's letting somebody down, not looking good in my own eyes, or not. It's like, if I don't have the time, it's just not that important. And I, if I buddy up to that and like practice a strong no, as a guy that can easily like be a martyr and people please and all that shit, those are very tasty candy for me. It's usually just, you know, practicing a no. I'd love to, I'd love to. I'm just not going to do that now. Yeah, or counter. It's not gonna work for me. There's some other way it can work for you. Here's how it could. Right on. Well, this is great. There's a lot of juicy stuff in here for people, I hope, as they're listening, as friends of the podcast are listening, they're identifying some of the ways that they've utilized time 
or not utilize time, use time as a reason or an excuse and where they might be able to utilize it. So thanks so much for bringing it, gentlemen. Of course. Thank you, man. Good to be here. Bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody. Bye-bye.